You're listening to Check. Or I just learned I ordered an iced Americano in <laughs> Korean. I just I just learned that in uh, I started my Korean class, and that's what I learned yesterday in Korean classes that you can uh, shorten iced Americano to ah ah. Is there other things on the menu that we can shorten to? There was what something about else. Frappuccino. There was something else that I I forgot. Huh? It wasn't related to coffee. Mm. Mm. Already forgot, I see. I mean, my retention is <laughs> my retention is low. Well, it sounds like fifty percent, which isn't that bad. I guess that's, that's true. true. That's pretty good, actually. Not bad. Oh, as, uh, welcome back to the Korean language. I mean, the Korean drama podcast. <laughs> uh, this is Steve with Kathy and Kim, and we're going to discuss episode nine or nine different language rules Ooh. oh yes. no okay we have to deliver on that promise now oh god don't count so i only one. know a couple okay oh i also i have i don't want to build up the anticipation too much but Ooh. i think i have something controversial to say <laughs> this what? episode Ooh, I'm so that excited. alone is controversial is that I it no, no, it's gonna. Well, it's gonna come up real fast. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. So it's actually in one of these first scenes where uh, Day he is hosting the most depressing TED talk ever. Um, <laughs> yes. Just it is a very like depressing TED talk. It's so depressing. He's talking about business. It's it's bad. Um, but and his his style is really. Uh, I I feel that it's not cohesive. No, and also like not motivational because I got the understanding that it was some sort of convention for like people wanting to start a business, like supposed to be some sort of like motivational speaker type deal. Um, oh, sorry, I meant what he was wearing. Oh. But <laughs> what you're saying is also true. Well, speaking of, because I looked into the audience and who should my little eye spot but Kong, whose outfit is once again on fire. Oh, She's yee. wearing a bright purple jacket and asymmetrical pearl earrings. And this is where my controversial thought came in, Ooh. where I was like, okay, Glasses Charlie, a.k.a. Hojin, might not be our hottie. We didn't get consensus on that. Ooh, but uh, I, I would like, I would, after seeing this uh, white uh, sweater polo ensemble that we see later in this mm-hmm. episode. I would, I would like to uh, give another yes vote. Okay, well, he was looking pretty regal in that outfit. <laughs> I would just like to, just to keep things interesting. I would like to throw out the nomination of Kong being hot. I love that she is, is this, quite hot. Is so. Uh, my understanding was that hot. The the title of hottie was granted to the one. With the most amount of skin showing or the most amount of hair flowing and gratuitous mm. shower scenes. But I guess, are the rules changed now? I mean, we've not seen any shower scenes yet. No. So in that regard, we have zero hotties thus far. This is true. And I will say that the original hottie did. I mean, I don't know that there's like a hard and fast rule, you know, it's kind of like a Richard Nixon, like I know it when I see it type thing, you know. <laughs> Why uh, do you know that Richard Nixon quote? 
Well, because it's the porn quote, right? When they were trying to like legally define what porn was, they're like, "We can't define oh. it, but I know it when I see it." You know <laughs> what? I mean, I'm wow. on board. I'm on board with that description. I think that Kong is, you know, and and uh uh, uh what is her name? The little girl. Yeah. Yeah. One. She says this. Um. Later in the episode, she's like, "Oh, you're so pretty. Why are you single?" Not a nice thing to say to single people. Um, but uh, she's a little she, girl she and she's is. cute, she's, so she takes a pass. I mean, she's she uh, Kong is very pretty and yeah. she has excellent style. She yes, takes, she she, she, I is. Mean, she jumping ahead just very quickly, and we will get into the plot of it. But just to continue talking about Kong's outfits for just a moment, I mean, wearing this like suede green trench coat mm. is really that's a bold fashion move could mm. i pull it off personally absolutely not that's how i, I know it's fashion <laughs> i think you could you just oh, gotta thank you so much you gotta put on an asymmetrical jewelry piece and then you're yeah, good to I, go i mean i think Question. Yeah, I, I think it would be a whole takeover that earring really scared me like i couldn't tell if i was looking at an optical illusion i was you know the one of those paintings mm. where the line goes from one dimension into the next mm. except this line happened to be her earring it looked like but was her earring more like a a chain that connected to our front pocket, like a pocket protector? <gasps> What's going Ooh, on there? Ooh, that is cool. I, I don't like know. that. I got the feeling that it was just fashion and one was longer <laughs> than the other. Um, oh. But whatever it is, I loved it. I was like, ooh, Kong, you go, girl. You get yes. up on that stage. I was met. I couldn't focus on anything else but that earring <gasps> in, that, in that shot. I was like, I was, because then I was thinking, well, what happens if you get caught in something? Does your well, ear that get would ripped be, off? That would be horrible. Yes, this is. But, that but is she's a, so fancy. She's so damn fancy that that just simply wouldn't happen to her. She's careful. She, you know what? I bet Kong has never dropped a single like droplet of food on her clothes ever. Like, oh yeah, no <gasps> mustard on this woman's blouse. No. You know what? All this talk about Kang's kind of like fearless, intrepid perfection makes me realize something that happens later on in this episode that I didn't think about before. Ooh, okay. I'm not gonna get ahead of myself. Okay, let's not get ahead. Let's not get okay. ahead of ourselves. Okay. I will say, I will say to back up really quick to the start of the episode um, uh, that I, I, I just recapping what I remember saying um, in last week's episode at the end of the episode, I wasn't sure if Yisol was a plant or if she was like, if she had been a plant in um, Danbam or if she was like going to be poached or what it is. Um, and so then at the beginning of this, uh, I, I was glad to be provided with some more context. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of rewinds yes. a little bit. It's like, this is yeah. what happened immediately before the end of last episode. Yes. Because who else is at this depressing TED Talk, but none other than Yisaw, who um, raises a que- her hand in question, even though there's no question and answer portion. Um, <laughs> yeah. And she basically asks if, if Dehi believes that a small pub could beat Janga, since that's how he came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, like, basically over my dead body. Uh this this is did this whole scene strike you as like a or like Zhang Dehi, especially his attitude of like, well, I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps and I did it, so so can you? It's a very that this is where the okay boomer meme really comes into play, doesn't it? <laughs> you know what I will say about Dehi and specifically the actor who plays Dehi? He does a really good half smile, 
into shock. Like he's very good <laughs> at those expressions. I mean, I think his acting is just fantastic. And I mm-hmm. will mention it yet again. His eating acting is mm. really tells you a story mm-hmm. just eating from when acting. he's eating. You're right. So, no who, wasted moments. From who it. knew you could swallow or smack your lips in a, it's in a certain emotion? Mm. Yeah. And it mm. just like also always, I mean, he wasn't eating in this episode, but it always reads to me as like, the the whole all of the actors and we start to see this too from um uh Gunsu in this episode um that all of the actors that play the the men of the Jong family they all have this uh like entitlement that allows them to be um very brazen and i i think i like i just got to give it to those actors they're doing a, a really fabulous job and I, I i love seeing seeing the turn just to skip ahead just a slight bit cuz we're already on this train mm-hmm. um i love seeing this from gunwon or gunsu uh later in the episode to see him kind of mm-hmm. making this turn fabulous fabulous acting mm-hmm. oh, it's it's just wonderful to watch what a change well Here's the thing. <laughs> Dehi wants to talk to Yisa. And that's so basically we catch up to where we ended in last episode. Obviously, he invites her to work at Janga. Um, and she makes the astute observation that Dehi only wants her because of her boss, Seroi. But she would rather um, him notice her for her work. So once he does that, he can make her offer an offer again. Very sharp. And all he can Very respond sharp. with is a creepy laugh. Yes. Also very skilled. A very skilled creepy laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like, oh, hi, hi, hi. Here, uh, I mean, if I could go a little out of order a bit. Um, of course. Sure. Uh, if I could jump around. So The story good, goes jump, jumping around anyway. So. <laughs> story That's is true. jumping around. I, I think they do something very interesting with Gun, Gun One. Um, which is AKA that the Joker? Yeah, aka Joker. I feel like they're trying really hard to make us feel bad for him. Um, yeah, and they succeed for me, but Ooh. I know it's wrong. I I know it's wrong, but they're very they're manipulating my emotions. Um, but <laughs> you could see that like Gunwon is suffering from PTSD from the accident where he killed um, uh, Seroi's father. Uh. But he's still on this power trip, so he's still, like, not taking responsibility for his actions, and he's still abusive. But later, when Sua once again rejects him, I feel like the scene is set up in such a way that we're supposed to feel really bad for Gunwon and, like, kind of annoyed at Sua, which I did feel during the scene. Mm. But then I was like, I don't think she's, she's, like, just being very clear about her feelings towards him. They work together, you know, so she's just being very direct and being like, please stop flirting with me. It makes me uncomfortable in this work situation. So I don't think she's doing anything wrong, but the scene sure made me feel like she was. I agree. I don't think that she's doing anything wrong either. I think that she set a boundary. He crosses it repeatedly. um, And, you know, I, I didn't I I I didn't. I did feel bad for him. And I didn't feel bad for him. And I do, again, credit to this actor whose name I don't actually know, um, because he does a good job of showing us, right, that struggle. Um, and the writing allows for that, too, right, to see that that he does he does have this um, this sense of morality. And I do personally feel that uh, Gunwon 
uh, has to put on this like machismo to um, it, to try to impress his dad and to try to get other people's respect. Um, but I don't know that that's 100% really who he is. Right. I think yeah. that he really <clears throat> might be more of this like, so- he might he really might be more like his brother uh, Gunsu, right? He might be a little bit softer and more sensitive, but he hasn't been allowed to feel those feelings, and so it, as a mask, he it, he is this really like gross, hideous person. And I think that sometimes also he's like delusional because he's like, I I, I love you, Sua. Come sit in my car next to me, and she's like, I told you many times that I'm just not interested. Yeah. Well, when you got a twisted childhood like uh, Kunwan, you know you grow up twisted as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing that makes it feel so conflicting is that on the surface, Kunwan, along with his dad, they're the the bad guys in this story. But Kunwan is the only one who keeps getting shut down and punished for his his for being himself, right? Or being who he is. Whereas his his dad, uh Jang Dehi, Chairman Zhang, he hasn't suffered any kind of consequence yet. So it's kind right, of weird. It's he, like, yeah, we, we always see time and time again, poor Gunwan, like <laughs> getting like this kind of like the short end of the stick in many ways, you know? Yeah, it's harder to take down like the head of a like such a huge company like than the son of the head. I think it's easier to take him down. Yeah, Which, he kind of ends up being like the butt of a joke. And so it always yeah. feels like... Because he's trying so... In my opinion, he's such a tryhard, right? He's trying so hard to yeah. be the same, to be like a carbon copy of his dad. Uh, and so it comes off as like really, in my um, in my opinion, it comes off as very false sometimes that he's like not actually this confident. Um, that, you know, I, I think it's okay. It's 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 okay to to not... To not be that, but he's not allowed to not be that. No. Yeah. It only just act, the more he tries to look all powerful, the more pathetic it feels, right? Yes. So later, we see Detective O again. He comes with food uh, to distribute to Danbam. Um, and he brings his daughter, Hye Wan. Um, but she sees an alley cat and disappears. She gets lost. Uh, which obviously makes Seroi and Detective O like very stressed out. Um, but she's fine. She runs into Kong and is like, excuse me, ma'am, which Kong takes offense to. Yeah, um, this is so funny. Yeah. Uh, she's like, please, uh, may I borrow your phone? I'm lost and I'd like to call my father. And Kong's like, sure, whatever. Uh, but then they become BFFs, Kong and Hyewon. Um, And Hyewon tries to play matchmaker between her and... Uh, Detective O, which I think is so cute, and I definitely ship them. I think they'd be very good together. Very, very sweet. <laughs> I, I like the contrast because Detective O is very like uh, he's a working guy, you know. And mm-hmm. then you got Kong over here wearing her like green suede trench coat, and so we've just we've got a whole look, and then we have yes. like not like we have like you just know practical clothes, blue jeans, and you know yeah like t-shirt guy you know what though this is this is a question though that comes up oftentimes in bachelor which obviously is a different franchise but i feel like one of them would have to move to make the relationship work because detective o kind of lives in the countryside and um kong is clearly very in love with her work in the city um so mm. you know one of them would have to uh sacrifice 
you know, they're living to go live with the other person. Um, so anyway, I guess I, I, this is all to say, Kong, don't give up your job. I mean, I this agree. This whole but- episode really just kind of sets, it almost feels like this is the beginning now. Finally, we, for example, understand now why the show is called Itaewon Class. Yes, I wanted yeah. to like, go back oh. to this. Yeah. Um, like, we, uh, we finally get our like secret garden moment that we were always looking for and we only ever yes. got yes. what was it? It was like fantasy garden or is like secret something else. Mystery, mystery land or mystery something. Garden. <laughs> yeah, it was like something is super weird. And so I was very happy to hear them lay out why the show is called Itaewon class. Yes. Um, though yes. I still didn't understand like like right, because it's um I don't know his name. We were calling him Hat slash Goon. I don't know what his meaning was, right? If he, uh, like, I didn't understand if it's like, like, obviously, Itaewon, like the, the uh, neighborhood, but then like class, does he mean like a school class? Does he mean like a class of like blue collar slash white collar? Mm. Like, what does the class mean? I think the latter right there. I think it's about like a, a, a class or a category of, uh, people he's trying to describe, or at least the, I might be confusing it between what Seroi is thinking about when he thinks about Itaewon, but um, it's kind of just like the there's like a different society in Itaewon where that's more freer, just more international, cosmopolitan. Got it. Yeah, I think that's what they were getting at. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. At me. At Steve. <laughs> at Steve. <laughs> it's still there. I see it. S-T-E-V-E. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so there was a little bit of a punny joke there. Um when they <gasps> language lesson number two. La- Ooh, language, oh, okay, good. Number two. Um well, so you know how they go I see as the acronym for mm-hmm. Itaewon class? And then when they say it's slow, they go in the Korean pronunciation, they go I I see. I I see. And so then Goon and um Hyunyi, the formerly known as hair or platinum mm-hmm. hair or blue hair, um, they have a little bit of a bit where they're like, usually Goon's the one going Aish or Aish. So uh, like a, there's a very Korean way of expressing Aish. frustration. It's almost kind of like, again, correct me if I'm wrong, at Steve. Um, but it's kind of like you're about to curse and swear, but you restrain yourself. So you only end up saying the sound of like Aish. But like, like, like. Okay, I'm gonna just say a curse word in Korean. Oh, language lesson number three! <laughs> Yay! So like, shibar, shibar is, uh, is uh, the, basically kind of like the f word. Ooh, shibar. let me write that one down. Yeah. Um, and but to say that out loud is like too much, maybe. So mm. I think. Aish is kind of like cutting yourself off before you say the full word. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I, I mean, that sounds <laughs> right like, to me. That's my Korean intuition telling me these things. Aish. Well, there's an American version, right? It's just going, fuck, and letting it like drop off. <laughs> yeah, like this mother. Yes. So there's different, yeah. So I see is kind of like the closest pun to that sound. I see. And then they're like, Tony says, I see. And then they're like, oh, Tony, you're speaking English. And And he's still like, he's like, you guys leave me alone. Like, listen to what I am saying. I have told 
told you I'm Korean. I'm working on getting the paperwork. Yeah. Yeah. You and me yeah. both, Tony. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- there's also Yisa's idea or suggestion was ILL, ill, right? Yeah. Which is kind of funny and clever. It's, it's like it's stood for something though, right? She she's sick in love with Roy. And so the acronym is Isa Roy Love. But, you know, if you know Korean or Japanese for that matter, the R and the L sound is often interchangeable. So it's it's uh unless Koreans might be confused about how to spell Roy or as we know it in English, it's R-O-Y. But maybe it's plausible that uh, in Korean you could be like L-O-Y. Loy. Yisa Loy love. Language lesson number four. We are speeding there was through a lot. Wow, that was a lot of language lessons. And I will interject here really quick. I don't know if this is jumping ahead. I don't remember where this happens in the episode. But at the point where um, Seroi is trying to, this is definitely later, help make the alley <laughs> restaurants better. Um, and he's like, you know, helping out and stuff like that. At one point, he's helping hammer in a sign that says uh, Jojo's place in Korean. Yeah. And so I thought before we learned that he's just helping to like zhuzh up the area. I thought that like when he was like, well, now I own this building. I thought he was like opening up a ton of restaurants like for his employees. Right. Because like mm. um Yisol, mm. uh, her her blog name, right? Steve, you pointed it's this Jojo, out before, yeah. is Jojo. So I was like, oh, did he open a restaurant for her? Did he give her money to open a restaurant or something like that? I was wrong. I had that same but... thought. Yep. Mm. I was confused for a hot second. I loved it. Very focused on the community. I think that's like a, a, the right and a smart thing to do. Yeah, I love that. Well, we also know now why um, that loan shark grandma was like, this place is going to go under soon. It's because... Location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Very crucial for any business. It is. I mean, if you don't have the foot traffic, what are you mm-hmm. gonna do? Yeah. Oh. What are you gonna do? And it is like the 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 view. The view is on the other side of the street. Is like a wall. So you know, yeah. it's really, it's not yeah. great. Marketing is half the battle, and honestly, like put some Instagram wings up there, you'll get people coming through immediately. You oh know? yeah. But before all that happens, um, Detective O, when he finds Hyewon with Kong, sees that someone is taking photos of them um, and he steals the camera. So now they know that um, Dehi is spying on Kong. Uh, and then totally disarms him like some sort of like <laughs> secret I, agent. Yeah, movie. I was like, yes. damn, you still got it. Like, because he has like, not been a cop guy? for you a have while. The camera now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like riding a bike. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's always had it yeah. all these, after all these years. <laughs> it is true. Got the moves. So, but also, Assistant Kim tells Dehi about what happened with the camera in front of Sua. So Sua now knows what's happening, and Assistant Kim basically says, "Like, shut up and stay in line." That's what employees do. Which is um, like, mm-hmm. isn't he? Is he not the one that's like constantly meddling in the work environment and being like? Like, uh, I think like, you know, I think you should do this and I think you should do that. And you should talk to your estranged son. And like, isn't he the one that's doing that? Or is that somebody else? Does he? I don't think he. No, I think you're right, Kim, because oh. he does make suggestions to. He's the one that people. he's the one that was like, uh, uh, Chairman Day. He uh, I think that your son has a crush on Suwa. Like he, he mm. that is him. I think that said that. So he. I don't know. Uh, he whispers me, though, stuff. That's and, like, and, you know, he's like the little finger of uh, 
Yeah, sure. I guess so. I guess that could be manipulative. When when I saw that, I thought he was just like so dedicated to his boss and workplace that he was like ready to spill the tea. Um, yeah, he's very, I guess, you know, old school military mentality. Just follow the hierarchy. You were just yes men take the orders. We're working for yeah. a company. And you but know- I guess, no, you know what? You guys are right, because then he later tells uh, Gunwon to go try to win over Yisa. Um, to yeah. come work at Janga. So maybe he is meddling a little bit. Maybe he's playing his game. He's playing this chess game too. And what is everybody's Perhaps. game? Like, there's so many games. There are. There are a lot of moving pieces. Aish. Aish. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, like, almost right after that, Sua sees that uh, there's a difference between how employees are treated at Danbam versus Janga because... Gonsu feels very um, empowered to tell Seroi when he thinks he's done wrong. Um, when uh, because uh, Yisa is upset with him for spending time on other people's restaurants other than his own. And I, I, um, I, I think that Gunsu is wrong here. Like I, I think that uh, I think that Seroi is perfectly within his reason to help out the other businesses. And I don't like I, I, I think that um, Yisol is being a little bit. Uh, I can kind of see where she's coming from, but it's also like you gotta help your neighbor sometimes, you know. And that's also that's also important, and that's also useful. Um, and I think that a little bit like it felt to me that uh, Gunsu was uh, a a bit like I need to defend my woman, <laughs> right. right? Like because he's mm-hmm. he's we we see a flashback later in the episode of like reminding us or reminding me at least that he's. He's trying to be uh, more bold so that he can take over Jonga Company to the, so that he can impress Yisol. Just like, yeah. you guys, find people that like you the way that you are. Oh, my <sighs> gosh. Oh, man. Oh, man. The, yeah. the, the whole dynamic between Isa. Okay, what, what Isa and Sua are both doing to the men in their lives is like, hold on. <laughs> Is wild because, like, then Sua and Seroi go on that like weird ass date. It's that so w- horrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, where they're on the same side of the table, which is also very weird. Um, I mean, I get why for the camera, but it's like, I mean, they're at a they're at a, the bar, so I'll give oh, them that. They're at the bar, so fine. I thought they were just being annoying, but maybe you're right, <laughs> they're at a bar. It would be even weirder <laughs> if they were just being annoying, since they were like, "You never said you liked me." I told yeah. you 10 years ago that I liked you. What? <laughs> yeah. Also, he said something. He said something later that's like, I bet my life on you. Yeah. Which sounds like the most gaslighty thing to say, which it does. But the way he says it, it really doesn't feel like there's any pressure. He, It just feels like he's kind of saying a fact. Yeah. But you know? uh, but Yisul says something similar to that. Or no, 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 no. It's uh, Gunwon says something, says that to Seroi. He's like, Yisol bet her life on you, which is like trying to, uh, in my opinion, manipulate yes. the situation. Um, but yeah, I hated this. I absolutely hated the scene. I was like, you guys e- e- either be with each other, either accept each other as you are and be together or move on. <laughs> yeah. So that that scene with uh, where um, Sua shuts down Kunwan once again, like, and reminding him, hey, I already told you, I don't like you. I straight up dislike you, so I don't even want to sit in your car. That scene made me feel like, because that's the first time we actually hear her admit 
or say out loud that she likes Roy. Yeah. But she uses that as a weapon against Kunwan. So it's kind of like, oh, that's how we're going to hear your confession? Forget you. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to find sympathy for Sua in that moment. Maybe she's a little manipulative. Um, because, yeah, if she feels so strongly about what Kunwan did by killing and running over Roy's dad, how can she stay in Changa and work there? That's true. She has to know about Daehee's involvement. There's no she way that she right. knows everything. Right. And yeah. She knows everything and yet still a, you know, decides to comply and be a part of this machine. And I think that this is another really uh, great example of the character, like uh, the 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 like how fleshed out these characters are, right? Because she's also not entirely good because she mm-hmm. she knows this like inside information about uh Dehi and the whole Jung family. Um and she continues to work at Jungako because it's helping her personally. So she's got that like same same balance of like what's right and what's wrong. Mm. And we've seen evidence of that like throughout the series too. Yeah. Well, well, I guess, you know what? The, maybe the point is that no one character is completely, you know, good. Bad, I guess, maybe Chang uh, Dae-hee is the one pure bad character, bad guy. Yeah. But everyone's got, Ooh. like, they're kind of, like, ups and downs in terms of their character and morals. I'm going to well, make I'm gonna make a uh, uh, an Itaewon class moral alignment chart for our oh, next ooh, a grid. Yes. Yes, I love. You know I just realized Tony Kim is the only pure one here. Yeah. To- to- <laughs> Tony Kim, Tony Ho-Kin, Kim, and Kang. Okay, but I will say about Hojin, I thought <laughs> I don't think that the I that I think this was a misinterpretation on my part, but I did think that he was implying tax evasion at the beginning of this episode <laughs> because he was like Seroi mm. tax season's coming up and and Seroi was like Oh my gosh, like, what are we gonna do? How much do I owe? And uh, Hojin was like, You owe a lot, but I'm gonna, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll make, I'll, I'll make stuff work. And then it seems in the end that he was implying, Hey, you should incorporate so that you get a tax break. But at first, mm. I did think that he was implying tax fraud. And I was like, Okay, okay. Well, Here's you the know thing, what? man. Yeah. The line between. No, go ahead. I think you're gonna say what I'm gonna say. The line between tax fraud and being legit in the eyes of the government is a thin line sometimes. Uh, I guess that's probably true. Creative accounting. We were not going to say the same thing, which is I got lost in his eyes, so I stopped paying attention to what (laughs) he was saying. Uh, Well, so then here's, Yisaw has another like teenage moment, which I guess makes sense because she's like just out of being a teenager. Um, but she demands that Seroi doesn't date Sua, otherwise Yisa says she'll quit. Um, she's like not a fair thing to make of your boss. Um and way to threaten your boss. Like, he just really, he truly doesn't get it. <laughs> he yeah. just like is not picking you, up on it. Yeah, does that does he really not get it? I think he must know. I think he must know because he knows that he needs her. So to like make her to make his 15-year plan work and get Sua back, he needs to lead Esau on, um, which is, like, unfortunate, I think. Hmm. I don't know if he needs to... Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure where I stand. Is Does Roy... Is he just putting on, a, putting on an act of being clueless, or does he... Is he just truly clueless? 
I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. Who's given off like big dad energy at the beginning of this episode when she was doing her Instagram live or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Or Kakao Talk live or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I do, I do think that he's, I think he's so clueless just because he's always thinking about his plan Mm -hmm. and like (laughs) Sua fits into the plan because Mm -hmm. she's been built into the plan because he's Mm -hmm. been in love with her for 10 years. Really, uh, again, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? But Yisol was not built into the plan. But she has built herself into the plan. She's made herself mm. invaluable yeah. to Sarai and Danbam. So I, I don't know. He's he's so clueless. He like doesn't even realize she likes him, but is like, oh, I guess I just won't date Sua until my business takes off because I need you. So clearly that upsets her for some reason. So Well, I, I mean, okay, know. wait, wait, hold on, hold on. To defend our boy Roy. Oh, is he our um, boy? Okay. Well, <laughs> his plan, I think it's more about revenge against Changa. And I, it just kind of dovetails with being rich, perhaps. And then, uh, and that dovetails with what Sua says she wants. She, she only likes rich guys, according to her. But he is yeah. rich. He owns a building. That's true. He owns a building. He is rich. That's true. This man is rich. I mean, they just is that why we hear her finally admit that she likes maybe Roy? Yeah, I mean, mm. this is the thing that I don't like. Is it, it? It feels like Roy is doing so much to like he's living so much of his life in the pursuit of um, other people, right? He's either trying mm. to get back at Dehi uh, or he's trying to do stuff to make him lovable to Sua. And it just, I'd love to see him doing stuff that he wants to do because he wants to do it and not because he has these other reasons to do it. Yeah. Well, because he like does things for the, his employees and for like the benefit of his community and people. Um, That is true. That is true. But I don't know if maybe that just feeds into what you're saying. Oops. I mean, maybe that, that 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 could be independent of it, but I'm just like these big these like the 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 like like big picture motivations, right? Is like trying to get like he's trying to exact revenge on the Zhang family, and he's trying to become rich so that Sua will love him. And yeah, I think that he is, and this will play into the alignment chart, guys. I can't wait to share this with you. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to make this, but because I do think that he has like he has goodness in his heart and he does do things like helping his neighbors and like caring deeply for his employees, which is like uh, genuinely good things. But it just really bums me out when he's like doing all this like he he is like, yes, Sua, I'm I'm trying to like make all this money so that you can quit your job, which I think would (laughs) I would feel differently about if they were in a relationship. But they're not in a relationship. They're both like, we're trying to be the best or we're trying to be a different version of ourselves before we're in a relationship. And I'm like, that's mm. just not it. Like, yeah, y'all can grow together. Yeah. Well, speaking of the community, Sedoe's hard work has paid off because Lone Shark Grandma is out to collect <laughs> and the other restaurants are doing very well now because of Sedoe's help. Um 
Meanwhile, Dehi is like not done messing with Seroi because he's called in Detective O because he knows that he distributes all the food to Seroi and he makes an offer to Detective O to distribute exclusively um, to Janga, which means that he would have to stop distributing to Dumbum. Um, this man is, is truly so so, yes, he's so obsessed. He's so obsessed. Why are you so yeah. obsessed with me? Yeah. Okay. Seriously. Play the Mariah Carey track. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Play a little hard to get. Maybe that'll get you more fish because Detective O, as well as Yuso, declines this offer. Um, mm-hmm. But Cross he just Detective O. That was yes. a great scene, and it was really it was it was really reminiscent of. Um, Siri's father, right in the first or second episode, where he's like, "My child, I I need to be somebody that my child is proud of." Yes, and he he gives like many reasons. Like he really digs Dehi into the ground because first he's like, "Look, I think Donbom is one day going to be bigger than Janga." So actually, I'm investing right now. Like I don't believe in Janga. I believe in Donbom. Second, I know what you did. I know, I, I know what you did last summer. I know what you did last summer. It was not ago. cute. No. Um, I know what you did last summer one. I know what you did last summer two. Mm-hmm. Both bad. Yes. So he's like ready to not take it. And they, he is pissed. He's not happy. I love um, to see it. <laughs> he, I love to see it. I love to see that little half smirk go into shock. Oh Love my it. gosh. That face was so confused and shocked at the same time. Uh, yes. He's so good. Give this man an Oscar. Uh-huh. And yet he yeah. never like his face never moves that much, but mm. he 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 does so much with the small yeah. movements. And it's, they really get close up. They like Yeah. yeah. They get I can see in. his like whiskers. Mm. I wonder what his audition was like. Like just a super close extreme, extreme close up. up. They got yes. a microscope out. They were just like, let's look at your pores. Mm-hmm. It's very reminiscent of <laughs> Meryl Streep's act- acting in Devil Wears Prada, mm. where she's like, as Miranda Priestly. Steve, have you seen this movie? Yes, I have. The, I'm following. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know the officers being Catholic yeah. reference movies that you not seen but she she and i remember reading something about like about meryl streep's choice to do this that she's like miranda Priestley never raises her voice because that's mm. this huge power move i think she was modeling it after like clint eastwood or somebody else um mm. that's like you speak you do not raise your voice and it makes everybody else have to be quiet and listen to what you're saying mm. such a power move and then he has uh they he has a power move at the end of this uh, at the end of the scene before um, Detective O starts like, you know, giving a speech about how he needs to be a better person for his daughter and stuff like that. And how he knows that Dehi's son killed uh, Dehi's father. Um, and he and Dehi says, you may leave now. And I was just like, wow, mm. the power move to tell somebody else. Power move central. You yeah. may All leave these power now. moves. Mm-hmm. Speaking Man. of, we're about to he, get he to. Does, he does. Uh, so. Uh, if I could dwell on this moment yes, a little bit longer, no, please. Detective O, when he's walking away, he's got a, he's got a little pep in his step. He's got like a little shoulder saunter, mm-hmm. and just like <laughs> I love that. It's but like I'm the- surprised that how does for the overachieving Mister Assistant Kim guy who always does his homework, I was surprised that they didn't already know. That Detective O is the supplier from the, and he's the same cop from the whole accident case. I know it's 
uh, it's hard because it's hard to like foresee that without having hindsight, you know? Because they already knew he was a detective before. Yeah. I mean, they, he just didn't do the math, which is like, who would have thought to do the math? Yeah. Why know. would I'm you? Sure. Why would you think that uh, that a produce supplier who was a former detective was the former detective that like mishandled the case wherein your son should have been found guilty for vehicular manslaughter. I guess I'll just chalk it up to the fact that he was so low on the rung of the ladder mm. at the police station that his name doesn't pop up. Like Chang Dehi would have dealt with the, the chief of the police. Mm. Yeah. And not, not some low level like street beat cop, you know. I will say that now though the pattern is clear for assistant Kim that anyone connected to Seroi is also connected to Janga and the day that Seroi's father died. Mm. So if he doesn't do this research, if there should be another connection that comes up, I would say then that that is a fireable offense. But the first right. one I think is free. Every, everybody makes mistakes and it seems it does seem like Assistant Kim has uh, quite a bit on his plate all the time. Uh, yes. It does not appear to me that uh, Tang Dehi is a... Uh, an easy person to work for. <laughs> no, Th that's true. I got a little bit nervous though when Detective O started giving him, Zhang Dehi too much information. Yeah, I, felt like. I was like, oh no, he's mm. gonna do something with this, mm. and it's not gonna be good. When Detective O left, it reminded me of that energy. I don't know if you guys have seen that TikTok where like it's usually a woman at a laptop and she's typing out an, a scary email either to like her boss or like an insurance company like asking for a raise or whatever and then she sends the email and she reaches over to her glass of water and her hands oh, super shaky yeah, i haven't seen that i haven't That's, seen that well it's okay it's, a, it's, it's, it's exactly energy. as kathy described <laughs> it's, yeah it's like what i described but fun um i thought it was very no, fun. Was oh, fun thank you thank you guys so much um <laughs> speaking of fun we're about to have some fun. Ooh. Oh, my then, gosh. This. Oh. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Woo, 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 Let's play woo, the game. Woo, woo, so, hi, Rola. Gunwon has come over to talk to Yusa and offer her a job. And this is where Gunsu tells his brother not to mess with Yusa. Otherwise, he's going to come for his job, which I thought was such a power move. Good for you. Um. The other thing that is crazy that happens before Gunwan and Yusa actually talk is that Sedoi is like actually nervous because he knows he she need he knows he needs Yusa on his side. Um and then Gunso asks if Sedoi if he has feelings for Yusa. And I didn't know whether he answered, which was so dumb of me. And I don't remember. Do you guys remember if he answered? I think Gunso is asking more about just the relationship as a whole. Oh, not like romantically? I got the vibe uh, that he was asking romantically, but I too can't really remember. I don't think that... Uh, I, I feel like Seroi didn't respond in a like direct way or like was like, mm. yeah, of course I like her as a person type of a vibe. But uh, I, 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 uh, yeah, I thought it was, I, I did think that there was, I appreciated Gunsu taking these bigger swings in this episode, mm -hmm. but I also felt sometimes like it was a little bit, off, like a little bit off, right? Like 
I haven't seen that much evidence personally that Seroi is interested in Iso. So I don't like, but maybe that's just me. I was like, it feels kind of odd and a little bit forced yeah. that he's asking. Well, it's definitely odd to ask your boss, but I, I got the impression that if he likes... <laughs> totally. <laughs> hey, uh, boss, uh, owner of this restaurant, do you have a crush on the manager? Can we talk about who you're physically attracted to? Who I have a crush on, to? by the way? Yeah. yeah. yeah who well, I that's what I was... That's what I thought. I thought that maybe since he's so invested in her, he wanted to see what Seroi's interest levels were to like gauge, I don't know, just to gauge the situation since he's so uh, emotionally invested. Um, but yeah, either way, inappropriate office banter. Um, HR should be called. Um, and Sungwon, aka Goon, was the the HR guy in the background, always being held back this episode. Like he wanted to just shut everybody up, but then. <laughs> well, not they don't want to. Intervene, I guess. They don't want the police to come back, which you know, good for them. Mm. Yeah. So, Goonwon and uh, Yusa go to a coffee shop. Where Gunwon offers a money offer so big, a salary offer so big, she literally can't refuse. Um, so quarter then million she, dollars, basically. quarter million dollars. Well, quarter million. What's the Korean? Currency? No, she he he offered her at first one hundred million won, and then he offered her two hundred million won. And I looked that up, and currently at least two hundred million won is about one hundred and seventy four thousand U S dollars. That's still a lot for oh, okay. a non graduate. Full-time, yeah, I mean, entry-level, full-time position. It's definitely a lot of money still. Um, yeah. But I, I did also think that they were talking about, like, millions of dollars, but... Yeah. Um. So then, like, Esau starts spilling tea on Seroi, like, in a way that I had never seen. Like, she's very vicious about him. And I was wondering if maybe she's still, like, hurt about his, like, weird date with Sua. I felt... Um, I I had I I felt like I was like I think she's pulling a con here mm. like she like I was like something she's 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 offering all this up too easily and too viciously and it hasn't this is behavior that we saw kind of closer to the beginning of the series but it hasn't been consistent enough that I felt like from a character development standpoint I would have <laughs> believed that she would have make, made this turn so quickly that's um, true even if she is like a very vindictive person like we've seen because she's expressed so much that she loves Seroi so much. Like, I was just like, this feels a little bit, I was like, is she pulling a con? Like, this feels like crazy. Yeah. I mean, she could be that much, you know, moved to be, you know, spiteful and feeling spurned by Seroi. And and I think there's a realm of believability there. Yeah. Well, it's, it's unclear. <clears throat> um, but she's basically telling um, Gunwon that she's so impressed that he's above the law, that he's so rich. Um, and we know she loves rich people. Right. And he uh, says, he says, and I quote, the law is all about disciplining the poor. The law doesn't apply to those who rule. And you know what I'll say? I'll throw it back to our secret garden season. Ooh. Classism isn't cute. It is not cute. It is not. This is, it's not good. Okay. Yeah. And I can't say that I uh, don't think that he has a point, but that doesn't mean that I think it's right. Yeah, you shouldn't brag about it. And he really brags about the whole accident. He, like, takes responsibility for it. Uh, he talks about how he got away. Oh, but and- first she does something very clever. She does something mm-hmm. very clever that I didn't realize until afterwards. She's like, if we're going to work together, let me put your phone number in my phone. And she mm-hmm. takes the business card and she takes out her phone and is ostensibly putting the phone number mm-hmm. from the business ca- card into her phone. 
But Kim, what is she actually doing? Oh, girl, she's recording. She's recording the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh, and I was wondering if she was oh, Gen Z those... for the win. Yes. I mean, and thank you. Thank you, this TikTok. Part, yes. This last part is a little too much for me, um, but he does like kind of get aggressive and he like starts to lunge at her and she throws like hot coffee in his face. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and was... she, oh, sorry. And she tells them she'll crush them all, which is insane. <laughs> I love so that. And you know what? I'm going to borrow that for my own life. If I don't like somebody, I'm going to be like, I'm going to crush you all. Yeah. Oh, man. Very Arya Stark moment, right? Like oh, just going crazy, little yes. girl with the crazy eyes. <laughs> oh man! This this scene, what gave it away for me, or what gave me the hint, was mm-hmm. the coffee cup. I was, for some reason, I found myself looking at this cup. Hmm. I'm like, what's in there? Coffee? Hot coffee? Because get this, the way the mist or the steam swirled up out of the cup was just too perfect for me. Steve, you were on a completely different level than I'm on. I did not notice this at all. I was like, damn, they're at another. My thought was, oh, it seems like uh it's it seems like an interesting character choice that Gunwan would get like uh like an iced tea. Yeah. Mm. That's true. It's Meanwhile, like cold, right? So this, yeah. you, know, you would think but then the way this steam swirled up was like a Folgers commercial. Mm. I was like, that's too perfect. Mm. What's going on here? See, the thing is that, that really hot coffee in there? Mm. Oh, and it must then, have been, right? Well, that's what they would have you believe on the <gasps> show. Um, what is this conspiracy theory? I mean, it could was, have been. This they was could, CGI. Yeah. They, oh. can't, they can't throw hot coffee on the actor. Oh, no. I never thought they actually <laughs> threw hot coffee yeah, at That yeah, would yeah. be so crazy. <laughs> that would be so crazy. You have one Method. take and you better get it. Oh, uh, my God. And we better have a medic. I mean, yeah. on site. What bothered me about this scene is I was like, how long are they at this coffee shop? Because if we remember... The last time that we were at a coffee shop, it took literally forever <laughs> for Setoe right. to come back with this tray of coffee. So how long have they just been sitting in silence waiting for their one drip coffee and one iced tea? I mean, but they were, uh, as opposed to the the place that Setoe was at with Sua and Yiso before, this doesn't appear to be a counter service place. This appears That's to true. be table service. So Gunwan doesn't mess with counter service. No, no. Gunwan right. does not mess the with counter service. The Jongs do not. No, no, no. He's got an image to maintain. They, they, mm-hmm. they don't wait in a line. No. No. That's for the plebs. Mm-hmm. That's for the plebs. Um, I, again, I get, another, I get uncomfortable again when she reveals too much that could be used <laughs> by Kunwan or Zhang Dehi. Yeah. She's, she admits to him, like, hey, I'm crazy about Roy, so don't fuck with me. You know, like, it's like, Oh, did you have to say that? Now they have another yeah. chess piece that they can use against you guys. You didn't even and... have to tell him that you were recording. You could just keep that to yourself. I know, yeah. right? I mean, she I mean... is. She is still. She does have these, like, again, great character work. Like, she she has these like big manipulative moves, but she also is still twenty, so she is still yeah. like a little bit sloppy about the whole thing. She's so mm-hmm. messy. Or though, although yeah. I will say that when. Good one went to grab her phone and she pulled it away. I was mm-hmm. like, that's very smooth. That's mm-hmm. very smooth. She did. She not. She hit the cup. It rattled a little bit, but didn't spill it. I was like, whoa, no. whoa. Watch out for that hot coffee. She's like, Woo! I got to save this Uh huh. for your face. Gosh, could you imagine <laughs> if she had 
had it in her mind that she was going to save the hot coffee to throw on him, but she accidentally knocked it over. <laughs> Herself, yeah, that could have totally happened. I was or what if she that. knocked it over onto her phone with the recording on? Oh, oh shit! I that would have been a plot twist. I she Good thing these Samsung phones are waterproof. She bad. IP68. Samsung. She, oh, 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 shh. Family show. This is. <laughs> or is I've, it? I don't know. I think I've. Actually, I think this show, this Itaewon class is mature 18 audiences mm. only. We watched a man die. So <laughs> yeah, I amazingly. think I could say she bad. Yeah, you're right. Aish. <laughs> Aish. And then uh, the last thing that I'll say about this episode, I uh, is that I really enjoyed the Korean Fallout Boy song that played. It wasn't actually Fallout Boy, but it just sounded like a Korean pop punk mm. song. I was about to ask you, Kathy. That, that, yeah, that ending was that a remake of something? I, I didn't clock it. I definitely clocked that it was in English, but I didn't clock um, anything else. Korean. I only Fall caught Boy. one phrase that says they're singing for far fucking less. Or something oh, like that. Oh, oh, wow. Oh. I didn't catch okay. that. Th- that's the only part I understood. And then I was like, okay. I think Kathy will know. literally the song came on and I was like still salty that the other song that I wanted from last episode or maybe, yeah, last episode isn't available on iTunes. So I was like, oh, this is stupid. <sighs> is it available like on Spotify or anything or you can't even find the name of it? I don't know what the name of it is. And I think it might even just be instrumental, but it was so like it was when... um. I don't know. It had something to do with Dehi. I don't remember what happened anymore. Um, mm. But it was like he was getting ready to go. And I was like, oh, this would be such a good song to like run to because you're like Ooh, getting yeah. ready to take down the small guy. Because uh, that's the energy I run with. Um. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you want to if you want to look up the songs, I guess you could Google search it probably like Itoan class OST. Uh, they're often mm. called. Oh, I wonder um, if it's on IMDb. sometimes they they have songs another Mm. fun thing i learned on the internet movie database is that the actor who plays seroi's father has the same korean name as me seroi's father's name is son hyunju oh your first name (laughs) hyunju you're hyunju hyunju huh Uh, I thought you were Hyunjung for some reason. Hyunju. Mm, uh, Hyunju. I guess it could go either way, gender-wise. Lesson mm. number five. Ooh, lesson mm-hmm. number five. And let's see if we can think of one more Korean language lesson before we sign off. Well, at the end, uh, the Korean word for end is good. 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 Yep. And uh, with that, this is the end of episode nine. Good. Wow. Love it. Good. Good. You make me Thanks for listening to the Korean Drama Podcast. Our producer is Marvin Yue. And our executive producers are Will Choi, Phil Yu, and Joanna Lee. Follow the Korean Drama Podcast on Twitter at Korean Drama Pod. And if you haven't, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. The Korean Drama Podcast is part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts featuring unique voices and stories from the Asian diaspora. Learn more about Potluck and our fellow Potluck Podcasts at podcastpotluck.com.
Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.